0: Hey, hello, hi, welcome to and or back to the EquiTheory podcast. I am your host, Jill Treese, and this week's episode is going to be full of exciting updates and opportunities for you guys as well as answering some training and behavioral related questions. And before you guys go, uh, uh, that's all your podcast is, I'm here to tell you that's changing and I'm going to talk more about that in this episode. So let's roll the intro and get into it. Alrighty guys, so this is normally where the Patreon ad, among other ads that I have yet to apply for, go. it's it's about to become clear why there's no patreon ad and you know i don't want you guys to like click on this episode and be like oh my god this is just going to be one big ad for patreon so i'm going to try and keep it concise but there are um updates that i kind of want to go over and just generally explain things because it's been a hot minute since i've been on the podcast and full disclosure this is actually the second time i'm recording this episode so currently it is the 6th of july 2021 and I recorded this episode last week towards the end of the week and you know I I just I had I thought I had everything the way that I wanted it and then I just didn't post the episode and never unplugged my mic and generally you know at this point I should know that that's a sign that I I gotta fix something something's not right it's not sitting well with me so I did end up doing that um, today, actually, just a couple hours ago. I spent, I think, probably three hours working on this and making sure that everything is the way that I want it. And I'm still going to have a lot more work to do because I have to, you know, when you update one thing, you have to update it everywhere else that you've posted about it. So anyway, that is just some some behind-the-scenes things. But um, yeah, it's it's been a lot to try and work out the patreon and I don't want to make it like this giant deal but the patreon is something that I really care about and it's it's a way that I can offer you guys you know training and behavior services but it's been posing some issues with the podcast so um, you know I kind of just want to go over why I'm changing it and why it is the way it is because some people that are currently patrons or were patrons Or might want to be patrons. um, I feel like this information is useful because the tiers are a little bit different now. We have a one, five, ten, and thirty-five dollar tier. And before you go, whoa, whoa, what the heck happened? Um, I'm gonna explain it. So, in short, the reason why is that I, I just can't justify my time allocation and. The price point, because it's just like, you know, I did a lot of comparing and researching on what services and at what price points other behavioral consultants offer their services. And there is such a wide range and there's no real standard. Like it goes from like $10 per consult per hour to a hundred. And I was like, oh God, I don't think anybody would want to pay a hundred dollars, especially since I am yet to be certified so um you know while that's something that i'm working on i don't really have time to go through the application process right now and um it's it's on my to-do list and i'm hoping to get that certification by next year but i am a full-time student so that makes it a little bit difficult but um before i keep rambling and getting ahead of myself i'm going to go ahead and just kind of go over this and why um so essentially there are a couple reasons, one being time constraints, two being the podcast saturation and answering delay, and three being the consult quality. So under time constraints, you know, I'm a full-time grad student and I'm an employee at this training and sales farm that I work at, and so my schedule's really unpredictable and chaotic. So, you know, I, the way the Patreon was originally set up, there is just so many Like little things that I have to do. And to be completely honest, they're not worth my time and they're not worth your money. And so I've just been trying to figure out how to prioritize things and make it affordable for everyone um, as best I can. And make it to where I can accommodate my schedule, because I, I've been over promising myself. And as a result, there are some of you who might be listening that have been like, yeah, I didn't get what I wanted out of the Patreon. And that is my worst nightmare ever. That's not what I want. <laughs> and it's very bad for business. And so I think that um, I, and a lot of you have been so supportive with it, because I've talked about it on my Instagram quite a bit. And I really appreciate those of you that are like, please take your time, whatever you need to do to keep doing it, do that. Um, so I'm trying to make it to where I can keep doing the podcast, keep doing it well, and keep doing a bunch of other things at the same time and not just kind of, you know, dedicating my time to a bunch of different miscellaneous things that is inconsequential. So, you know, I'd love to be able to offer reviews and consults to every single person at every single price point, but I just can't feasibly do it because, um, you know, I it's, it's just not sensical logically to give out a bajillion training consults at the $5 tier um, because everyone would love to pay $5 to have a phone call for sometimes two to three hours uh, (laughs) where I'm just discussing ponies with them and giving advice and working through things. But at at some point, and this has always been a tough, tough point for me, um you know raised in the south we don't talk about money down here and it's very uncomfortable to ask for money or you know price yourself reasonably but uh the reality is it's it's worth more than that and so i am trying to get to a point where i have the the gall if you will to um or the nerve to price myself semi well um so like I said, some behavior consultants that I look at, it's $100 per hour-long phone call or what, what have you. Um, and I'm not charging that. I'll say that up front. But um, for those services, it is $35. But you get a bunch of other stuff, and I'll go over that briefly in a moment. But, you know, as a student, an employee, and someone trying to do all of the social media stuff... I just have to value my time because, um, as a lot of you probably have noticed, the past couple of months of this podcast have been chaotic and my schedule's been a bit unpredictable and I just want to, like really, over the past couple of months, it has been my goal to narrow my to-do list because I've started keeping a bullet journal and it has served me so well. I started in January and I have been using it religiously since then. And it's probably a bit more than, you know, it's it's not the like most extravagant bullet journal, but it's also not the like basic wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I probably put more time into it than is necessary, but it is a meditative thing and it helps me sleep better at night knowing that I have everything that I need to do and need to know written down. Um, But I mean, I sometimes would spend two hours writing things that I needed to do down in my in my like to do list section. And it it, that's ridiculous. It shouldn't I shouldn't have to allot or allocate time (laughs) to making my to do list because it's that long. So um, you know, now I, I've just really made it on my to-do list (laughs) to narrow my focus so that I can keep creating content and not just spend all my time planning things. Um, You know, because I want to do more uh, videos on YouTube and make more podcast episodes, post more on Instagram, things like that. Like, I just want to get back to just the content creation and not so much behind the scenes stuff. So, Um, as a result, that is where this is coming from. Because, you know, if I'm not making money from it at this point, I'm really struggling to do it because it like I'm at a point in my life where I do not need to be dependent on my parents anymore. And I'm trying to move into independence. And as many of you know, horses are expensive. And at present, I cannot afford my own horse or myself at this point. So I have really been getting on top of my finances and budgeting and just I can't justify not making money where I need to be making money. And I hate to be so financially focused here. But it's really, really difficult to just not be making any money and putting all of this effort into it. So pity party woe is is me. But this is why, you know, time constraints and monetary reasons. But the other reasons for this change is that um, the podcasts are just becoming Q&A forums for patrons, and I love answering training questions and getting to just talk for, you know, hours on end about somebody's particular situation with their horse and work through all the possibilities and what you could do here. It's a great thought experiment for me, and I feel like it really helps increase my knowledge and Um, awareness of training I guess and so it's been wildly mutually beneficial but I have noticed a lot of people are sort of falling off the podcast or listening and the Q&A episodes don't tend to get a whole lot of listens and I think that's a reflection of the saturation because logistically like if I have say 40 patrons And each week, maybe two people ask a question. Well, then the next episode, I have to answer those two questions because these are paying customers. And the list goes on. If it's five per week or the next week it's seven, then all of a sudden, I've got a mountain of questions I have to answer and not a whole lot of time to do it in without making a ginormous episode. And while I do love the three-hour long episodes, it is very difficult to do that. (laughs) And also... You know, it's a full console. Like I'm working through every single possible angle I can get to, providing resources and um, doing everything I can to fully answer the question. And a lot of them are at the $5 tier, which is totally fine. That's a service I offered, but $5 for spending you know, 30 to 45 minutes answering a question is not really fair to me, um, which I just feel like such a brat saying that. I hate that. I'm an adult. You're fine. (laughs) Just self-assurance here. Um, But so I'm getting to a point where I need to take those questions to a private setting. So instead of, you know, for $5, you can send me a question and I'll answer it on the podcast for you know, an unlimited amount of time. Now I am moving that to private to where people can um, sign up for the the tier of the Patreon that offers those consults and you have an hour to just talk to me about your situation, your horse, your backstory, everything I need to know and any suggestions I make. Um, you know, if it's an angle you've already approached, you can be like, oh, nope, we've been there, done that. And I will move on and, you know, attack it from a different angle. So it's a much better consult quality because you know you're able to immediately answer me whereas in the podcast you know you you can sometimes get left feeling like oh i forgot to say that or i should have explained that differently yeah that doesn't make sense or yeah i see why she's answering it that way but that's not you know she it it didn't make sense so um i really want to eliminate that error and up the quality of the consults and you know doing that over zoom and or phone call or what have you is a lot better way to get that accomplished. So um, you know, it's it's just kind of becoming more of an advice column that I'd like, and uh, it's sacrificing the quality of the answer and the podcast and the listeners. You guys aren't getting the same quality that you'd like, you know, and the diversity of having guests on. And if I have a guest, sometimes I might have to push their episode to answer patron question, or the patrons get pushed and they're like, what the heck I'm paying for this? Why aren't you answering? And uh, it's just it's not logistic anymore. It was at the beginning when I didn't have that many. But now that we're getting a little bit bigger on the Patreon, that's got to change. And you know, it's just growing pains um, and working out what needs to happen. So um, this is why these things are changing and I'd like to make the podcast some, somewhere where I can interview more people and talk about the things that are going on with my horses, how I've worked through different issues. I mean, I have a, a, a document, the several page document full of ideas and topics that I'd like to cover and deep dive into and I just haven't had time because every episode has been, okay, well, I've got to answer this question so that'll get pushed next week and then it just never gets done. So Being able to just schedule at any time with somebody to have an hour-long consult, I can put that into my schedule, get it done, and wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, we're good. So um, it makes it a little bit more flexible and allows me to, you know, have a better quality. I'm beating a dead horse at this point. Pardon the expression. I think PETA said we should say feeding a fed horse. So <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, but, you know, the biggest point here is that I think it's okay, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> you guys, I know you will, um, that there are so many episodes covering so many different issues and topics at this point that I feel like there's there's a library out there on my podcast now where even if your specific question isn't addressed, you'll be inspired by the way we work through other um you know horse and owner issues so you know if your horse has a phobia of say fly spray you can um listen to an episode on that because i think i've done like two at this point um but you can also apply an episode on hoof handling or a fear of the water hose or something like that you can apply that to your situation there's there's the same principles every time um so i would like to move the you know patron asking question thing to a more s- private specific thing because you know usually people aren't riding in unless they just don't want to go back and listen to an episode and want one specifically with the details about their horse um, which is fine as well but I'm no longer offering that um, for the reason that you can go back and listen to it so I feel like it's fair um, there's so much free content out there I mean I don't want to to my own horn here but most people most people charge for that sort of thing and keep it behind a paywall so the fact that it's out there for free I think is is pretty fair so um, hopefully you guys listening won't be too upset about that um, and will understand where I'm coming from that it's just it's just growing pains and you know the Patreon's gotten more popular and I I love it and I appreciate it I love our community on there and it's it's awesome but it's just got to got to adapt as things happen because unfortunately this is not my full-time job and as much as I would like it to be oh my god that would be so much fun (laughs) I just I can't justify the the time for it so um you know I in saying that if you are not interested in becoming a patron at all um this should serve to be the announcement that more things are coming and I'm planning on doing a lot more things on this podcast platform here you know than just answering training behavior questions um when i when i switched the podcast from uh equine and theory to jet real podcast it was because i just wanted to talk about my life a little bit (laughs) and just have a place to vent and maybe share some advice and experiences with you guys and i kind of want to get back to that a little bit more not so much the personal life stuff because i mean it's boring (laughs) because all i do is work but um you know i want to be able to cover different topics you know time management mental health (laughs) um uh, just working with the horses anecdotal experiences and sharing stories as well as having guests on and topic discussions like I did the dominance theory deep dive I'd like to do a lot more things like that of course those are going to require a lot more time so maybe now you're understanding why I'm trying to limit my time spent on um patron questions when I feel like a lot of them can be answered in previous episodes if you look Um, and if you are listening and interested in finding a specific episode, you know, usually you can just type in EquiTheory and then some keywords in whatever podcast service you use, but you can also go to EquiTheory.Podbean.com and, uh, you know, you can search for an episode there. Um, but that said, I'm kind of going to go through the tier breakdown. So, um, on Patreon, there are four different options that I offer at present. So the first one is the EquiTheory tip jar. It's just $1 a month subscription. Basically you just get to support the podcast and you get a little, little shout out. Um, so, you know, it just allows you guys to make a contribution and you get a shout out on air and show your support for the podcast. Every little bit helps and I appreciate it. So if you're not, you know, willing to, do a full commitment or whatever and you can spare a dollar a month uh it would greatly help the podcast and me to be able to dedicate more time to it because the reality is people put their time and energy where the money is and i'm in a situation financially at the moment where i have to do that so um if the podcast is profitable if you will then i can dedicate more time to it so um Anyway, uh the $5 tier is a baby theorist. The equitheorist, excuse me. Um, so as a baby equi-theorist, you get to use your voice and have a say in the podcast's upcoming content, get discounts on merch, a shout-out on air, and access to an exclusive community of like-minded equestrians via the Equi-Theory Discord server. So basically, this is the Discord server uh and merch discount tier. You can um join our community for $5 a month. And um, it's just, it's such a cool place. I am not, admittedly, I am not as active on there as I would like to be just because of the aforementioned reasons, but there are so many amazing people in there. I've got great mods and, um, you know, you guys, there are so many different channels galore. Oh my God. From pony pics to book reviews to nutrition, hoof health, We've, we've got it all. So, um, and you know, everybody has a different area of expertise. So like for me, Zoe has kissing spine. So I had to pour a lot of time and energy into kissing spine research. And that means that I know a heck of a lot about kissing spine at this point. So As with every horse, they are individuals. So each owner, rider, handler, what have you, has likely had to do a lot of research in a particular area. So being a part of the community, you get access to their wealth of knowledge as well. Um, So there's that. At the $10 tier, a respected Equitherist, you get all of those benefits, but you also get to join the live Q and A's. So we do this over Zoom. Every month, I post a poll to see what time works best for everyone and then schedule it. And they usually go for anywhere from two to four hours. And, you know, I I just send out a link and schedule it and then everybody jumps on. And we usually start out talking about horses and issues. But by the end of it, everybody's just talking about a bunch of nonsense. And it goes so many different directions. And it's just nice to, like, chat with a bunch of cool pony people that care about positive reinforcement. And, you know, just everybody has a different walk of life. So even though you're coming there typically to ask me a question, everybody else jumps in with their experiences and their thoughts and their research. So you're not just getting my perspective, you're also getting a lot of other well versed people's experience and knowledge. So very cool, very cool. That's the $10 tier. And the final tier is the $35 tier so this one is replacing the 20 and 25 dollar tier just because it didn't really make sense to me to try and put like some weird time constraints and lower it because like i tried to do lower tiers where you would have you know 30 minutes phone call and 15 minutes of video and just like try to add different price points but it just doesn't make sense and honestly i don't have time to do that and it didn't seem worth it for me at that price point. So I'm now offering the $35 tier, which is basically online training. Um, So uh, I'll go through the breakdown with you here quickly. So as an enlightened equitherist, you have access to all of the benefits of the lower tiers, plus a subscription to online training with Jill. You'll be able to submit up to 30 minutes of video for Jill to review and send you feedback. And side note here, it's up to you on how you would like to break down that time. So, you know, you can send, uh, what is, like, (laughs) uh, oh my god, I'm having trouble with math. You can send six five-minute videos, um, per month, or you could send one 30-minute long video, however you want to break it up, and, um, you also have access to a 60-minute phone call or Zoom consult for any training or behavior questions you have that I will answer, live with you so we can discuss your issues and what you're running into, where you'd like to go. Um, if you just need training inspiration, whatever, I am here for you, whatever you need. Um, and that'll also work into the video consults. Um, with those, I will send a um, video file back. you know, we'll just upload it unlisted to YouTube and um, send you that of me going over what I see and what I think might could improve or be better and what you're already doing well. Um, and yeah, so, uh, you can also have our phone call consult, uh, you have the option to have that recorded as a podcast episode. I will say it is up to me whether or not I decide to make that an episode, but regardless, I will record it and send it to you as an audio file. And, you know, everybody has that option at this tier. Even if you don't want it to become a podcast episode, I can record it and send you the audio file just so you'll have it. Um to be able to listen back to if you're anything like me and can't remember everything all the time um so you also get discounts on additional training consults so you know if the one wasn't enough or you run into a different issue um you get a 20 percent discount on your next one and um you'll get custom resources and information tailored to you and your horse you know if you need nutrition advice or hoof health advice i'm not a professional in those areas but i can direct you to people who are and the resources and research that I have found um, and yeah you get the discord Q&A's merch discounts shout out all of that so um, that is essentially the Patreon update for you um, if if that's something that you guys are interested in you can feel free to join and sign up at patreon.com slash EquiTheory Um but if you well I guess I should say that you know it's a monthly subscription. So you get charged for the day you join every month. And, um, if you cancel, there is no repercussions. You have it until your next, um, set pay date. Um, so if you join on the first and you cancel on the fifth, you'll have it until the next month first. Um, so there are no, no fees or anything like that attached, or you can sign up, for the annual subscription and have it for a year. And I think it's a 16% discount um, for what you would pay if you just paid every single month um, and have access to that. But yeah, so also outside of that, I am working on creating uh, just individual services. So if you just want a training video review or just a phone call review I mean you don't want to deal with Patreon or you don't want any of the other benefits I am working on making that an option on my website it's main like I could do it right now but I'm working on getting it set up on my website that has like all of all of the information and explanations for things like that that is coming but for those of you listening if it is not up yet on jetequatheory.com then um, you can just shoot me an email at equithery@gmail.com and we can set something up and work it out. Um, but if you're listening to this a couple months down the line, that will probably be up on jetequithury.com under the services tab. That's what we're working on right now. So, um, yeah, basically, that's that's the Patreon update, and now I guess I have some time just to talk about what's been going on before we get into the questions, so um, a lot of you just, I, it doesn't make sense to me, but I also listen to podcasts like this, so I guess this is why, because it's mildly interesting, but um, just some updates of what's been going on in old Jill's life is that we have finally moved all of the horses it's so weird to talk about this because when I recorded this episode last week we hadn't and I was like complaining about that so now I've just deleted all of that (laughs) and now I've got this but um so different update now um we have gotten all of the horses moved officially everyone is here all the babies all the thoroughbreds all the oldies all the broodmares all the geldings. we got everybody and um so it's it's so nice to finally have all the horses here but um as of today i am still feeding everyone um we've had a little bit of an issue getting the people that normally feed moved and so been dealing with that but i think that they're starting tomorrow so hopefully that will mean that i will be freed up to have some more time to train and ride and work with the horses so hopefully there will be some episodes covering what I'm go- what I'm doing you know with the horses because I don't think you guys want a podcast episode about going through my feeding routine that's more of a YouTube video sort of thing um but yeah so <laughs> that's where we're at I am so tired of feeding a.m. and p.m. seven days a week 29 horses Oh my god it's so much um so yeah it's just been it's been a lot scheduling wise but hopefully I will be freed up and able to take a break speaking of break this is a perfect segue here thank you Jill for that one um on the 14th I am leaving for Colorado um going with a boyfriend on a little vacay because he was like hey dude you're really stressed all the time are you good and I was like what is good (laughs) am I not supposed to be stressed all the time I know the answer is no, but, uh, that is how I've been living. I've just been running on cortisol and adrenaline and I need to stop. So, um, going, I'll be gone the 14th through the 20th, um, and just living it up, exploring nature and, um... I'm I'm just I'm excited to be gone, but I my first thought every time I think about it is the amount of stress that I'll be feeling being gone from everything. So um, there might be a break in the podcast. I might try to get an episode recorded in advance, but it's really just all going to depend on my schedule because I have a feeling this next week is going to be a bit insane um, because a lot is changing again. And I just I guys I cannot wait and I cannot tell you how badly that I want to have a routine. <laughs> I, every day is different and unpredictable. And I I know that that is such as the nature of horses. But I would like to just be like, okay, from these hours, I'm working or from these hours to these hours, I'm working with horses, and then I go see clients at this hour. And here I have time to do, um, you know, schoolwork or the podcast or YouTube editing, filming. And um, and i just and also eating i need time to eat (laughs) or i can schedule appointments here you know it's just it would be nice to just know what my day is going to look like and not have to be constantly rearranging and planning um so uh, i just cannot wait for the stress to end but then i'm sure after i get into a routine this month this july month uh everything's going to get turned upside down again because on the 16th of august i start my classes back And I will be taking, um, psychopharmacology, um, psychopathology and substance abuse and addiction, I believe is, is what I'm taking. So, um, that is for my master's of clinical mental health counseling degree that I'm in pursuit of. Um, we just got all the eggs in different baskets right now. So I'm just, I'm really trying to streamline everything so that things are simple, effective and of high quality and, this patreon thing has been weighing on me for months I've wanted to change it for a long time didn't know how to go about it and just have had to dedicate a lot of time and thought about it uh to it I guess and now it's done it's up these are the options and I will have some outside of the patreon available on my website soon and um you know the merch too I should say is I've revamped it Because it was, first it started out on customizedgirl.com, which was a nightmare. And then I moved to Teespring, which was also a nightmare. Oh my God, there is no organizational system. And I, half of the designs that I ordered were trash. And I emailed them rather aggressively several times because I was like, I can't put my name on this. Why are you sending this to people? If this is what it looks like for me, what are you doing? and I, I thought I had it sorted out, but it just, it kept being a mess. So the Teespring is gone. Uh, don't check that out anymore. <laughs> uh, so now it will be offered on my website coming very soon. I'm working on it through uh, an extension that actually works with my website, Squarespace, um, or it's on, it's hosted by Squarespace, I should say. And um, it's called Printful. And not that any of you Care about this, maybe three of you will that are like, I would like to get into merchandise Um, (laughs) and apparel. So uh, I'm working on that at the moment. It's just I have to upload files and set them on each individual piece of merch and get them looking nice. And then, you know, have to adjust the prices and things like that because, you know, they're doing all the manufacturing and production of it and they send it out to you and I don't have to touch it, but I do have to get everything you know, positioned where I want it and then post it on my site and then I get a percentage. So, um, yeah, that's that's what, what I'm working on at the moment. Um, I have so many things to do all of the time, but hopefully I'll just get a baseline of merch posted. And, um, you know, I've had several people reach out to me about redoing logos and designs for merch and stuff. And I just have not been able to find time to just schedule time to talk to anybody because my schedule has just been crazy and I'm so tired of it I want to be able to be responsive and on top of things instead of this person that just doesn't respond to anyone which is what I have been and I'm over it I don't want it but yeah so basically i i don't know if this is interesting at all i feel like it's a very bad podcast at this point but i just i feel like i gotta get the updates out there and let you guys know what's happening with patreon and what's happening with me where i've been because i think it's been two weeks now since i posted an episode which is just not not cool for me it really bothers me a whole lot and i want to be consistent consistent But I do have plans to have several guests on the episode or on the podcast coming up. um, And I would love to tell you who they are, but I will not. But I can give you some hints. It is in relation to saddles and saddle fitting. So if you are interested in that, that's coming up soon. Um, I'll probably ask on Jet Equithery like what questions you guys have for a podcast episode, um, and I'll also ask on the Patreon. So if you become one, um, your question will get answered. But yeah, I think that that is about everything. Um, I guess on Zoe you know, where I, I just haven't had any time to work with her. And I, it's stressing me out really bad. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I have to get my horse like rehabbed and going. And I have not had time to do that, but hopefully if the feeders take over tomorrow, then I can start working with her and then I'm going to leave for a week. Oh my God. Do you see why I'm stressed? <laughs> this is ridiculous, but, um, I've got to come up with a training program for, her and to get her rehabbed and back into some work so, oops, I bumped my mic because my cat's on my desk now. Zuko, you're disruptive. Um, yeah, so Zuko, no, no. Settle down. Pick a spot. Um, he's like, but I want to be seated on your laptop, so I'm going to put him in my lap. Apologies. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that's about all I got. You know, I'm, I'm moved. I'm settled in. The horses are moved. They're settled in. I'm excited to start making some fricking content for a content creator. I have not been making a lot of content and my Instagram is showing that because wow, we are we losing followers like crazy? It's so annoying. Um, so if you're listening and you're not following my Instagram, please do that. This is a pity bag. Jet Equa Theory. <laughs> it needs followers. It's dropping like flies. And I'm not really sure why. It's kind of frustrating. I mean, I guess lately it's just been pictures of horses instead of me riding them. And uh, people aren't enjoying that, but you know what? The captions are full of spice and entertainment. I think probably not, though. Um, but yeah, so I'm just I'm I'm ready to get things back on a certain level of quality that I just haven't been able to maintain lately. And I think that's about it. So those are the updates on the Patreon and on me and. Now I'm going to go through some some of the final Patreon questions that will ever be on the theory podcast for now. So uh, without further ado, let us get into answering some pony training questions, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Okay, so question number one comes from patron Sarah. So Sarah asks, for about two months, I've been training two horses that have been pasture ornaments, a three-year-old colt and a three-year-old filly. When they arrived they didn't know anything, haltering, stalls, brushes, tying, no food manners, etc. They've been making so much progress, but their feet are a huge problem. When they arrived, they their hooves hadn't been trimmed in a year and they had infections in most of their hooves. Not thrush, another one whose name I can't remember. It's a bacterium that forms a little hole and grows inside the hoof. I wonder if that's a keratoma, maybe? That's what I had with Bo. Um, I am not a hoof care professional, so I'm not sure. Um, from what I know, they are, uh, maybe it's an abscess. I think that might be it. Yeah, abscesses are not fun. Diet, 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 diet. <laughs> um, so um, from what I know, they never learned how to pick up their feet and the only times their hooves were trimmed, they were probably roughly uh, forced into a wooden horse cage and their hooves were trimmed with a grinder. You can imagine the association they have with their hooves being trimmed now. I work with them using only positive reinforcement because they're both so sensitive and reactive. But the problem is when I try to pick up their feet, the filly always tries to kick me and the colt has bitten me a few times. I obviously don't punish them because I know they are reacting so strongly, probably because of their pain in their hooves and very aversive experiences with having their feet trimmed. I have tried slowly desensitizing, counter conditioning with treats and touching their legs with my hands with an object they're not afraid of. I tried picking up the hooves uh, more often during one session less often not trying at all for a week and then trying it again and I'm out of options and very discouraged two months later they let me test their shoulders but anything lower than that and they try to kick or bite me I need help please okay so um I am actually familiar with the situation full disclosure listeners out there um that we talked about this in a one of the zoom Q&A meetings and um so this is a, it's a complicated situation because it is very dangerous and um it's tricky. So I suggested a couple of things the last time we were on the Zoom Q&A and it seems like there's not a whole lot of progress being made, which is frustrating. Um, And it is just the way of horses. You just have to go through a process of trial and error until you can really figure out what works best for each individual horse and how you can get them comfortable. Um, So There are a couple of different ways to approach this. Um, The one way might be to reroute for a bit and work on being able to give some sort of sedative, either orally or IV, and obviously that would be something you need to collaborate with your vet on and try to get them help in that situation. Um, Obviously, you don't want to add any stressors or terrifying situations, but if at all possible, um, you know, being able to sedate them to get through this emergency would be my primary recommendation because um, the reality is it's very, very difficult to train through pain. And if the horses are just in a lot of pain constantly in their feet and aren't getting any better um, through a corrective nutritional program, which I believe we discussed last time, and hopefully patron Sarah has uh, taken that on. I edited this question a while ago and I thought I would remember, but I uh, <laughs> I don't remember whether or not she said that in her original message. But um, yeah, so... I I would work towards that, working with a vet and a farrier and trying to get to a point where you can get their feet to a good stage. And then um, it's unfortunate sometimes that it works like that. But in an emergency situation, which I would classify this as, I mean, like nobody's life and death danger at the moment, but it is a situation where the human is in direct danger and the horses are suffering and can't understand that you're trying to help. So, sometimes I do believe that it is best to go a route of trying to sedate them. They make um, oral sedatives like Demosedan gel, um, which can be quite pricey, but will will do better to lower that anxiety and you know help the horses just be in a lower state of arousal so that they aren't quite so volatile um, and then you can work from there obviously difficult to use positive reinforcement with a sedated horse but you know you can at least get your hands on their legs perhaps and give them lots of scratches and get a really good association going um And, you know, maybe something you could try is getting one of those back scratcher hands and um, sticking it through and scratch, or maybe you could stick it through a fence if they're okay with that and scratching them on their wither and then, you know, maybe extending it so they get used to seeing it extended and scratching them on their bum and on their barrel. And it it might take a little bit to get over that as well because that is a a scary thing. But realizing that like, oh, maybe this does feel nice and... Um, and then you could work down their legs that way Um, and obviously I would stay under threshold at all costs. Um, Something else that I would work on with these horses would be mat training, getting them to learn to put their feet on mats. Um, Something else you could do is get a hoof stand and teach them to put their feet up on the hoof stand and then let you start handling their feet that way. That might be a situation where it's different enough that the association won't be so strong because um, in situations like this where the horses have been abused and they've learned to associate it with someone running their hand down their legs and they're like, no, you can't have my leg, Uh, absolutely not. Um, You know, Maybe putting out a hoof stand and teaching them to put their feet up on the hoof stand Um, obviously it would need to be a comfortable one that it wouldn't hurt their feet to put it on. Um, you could teach them to do that, um, teach them to pick their feet up from a distance. Um, and you know, you could click and treat, even if they're moving away from you, um, when you, like, if you're using like say a pool noodle and you go to touch their leg and they lift their foot off the ground, click and treat for that. And then they're like, wait, what? And then try and click before they move away Um, but click for the lifting and then get that shaped and put on a cue and then maybe you can work your way towards um, being able to hold the foot up with the pool noodle from a distance or something. Um, A lot of people have like an extender stick and they attach a pool noodle to the end of it um, so it could be a little sturdier that you might be able to like kind of rub it around and keep you safe from a distance but still be able to work like that. so, I would give that a chance, and um, you know Sarah if if you need more one on one direction, I would reach out to me because this seems like a situation that is a little bit more demanding than that of an answer on the podcast. So please feel free to reach out to me or another professional um, like Adele or other behaviorists to um, see if you can't figure out some sort of training protocol because obviously we don't want you to get hurt and, um, we need these horses to get better. Um, but it's, it's very hard to feel comfortable giving advice, especially in a situation that is particularly dangerous. Um, without being able to see what's going on because it could be any number of things. It could be that the horses are simply not responsive to the training. It could be that your click timing is a little delayed. Um you know, it could, could be a myriad of things that are going on, but um I know it's it's so discouraging and like wildly frustrating. You're like I'm trying to help you and you guys are being so ungrateful. Um but I just really stay try and stay encouraged and you know they're not doing it because they they just don't want to be cooperative. They're doing it like you said because they're in pain and they're scared and you are an amazing person for wanting to help these two poor horses and they are very very lucky to be in your care. So, keep it up. Keep your head up. <clears throat> Reach out to me or someone else um for additional help on this and I mean I'd be happy to jump on a call with you and discuss it a little bit further um okay I'm going to move on from that question to question number two comes from patron Teagan who is from Washington thank you for including the state and or location you're from I'm keeping it general I'm not going to give away last names and cities and addresses or anything like that but um I just think it's fun Teagan from Washington Um, Okay, Tegan writes, I have a rather theoretical question for you this month. I've been reading some Karen Pryor books and in the context of obedience classes, she mentions that clicker trained dogs will eventually not need to be clicked and reinforced to perform behaviors. She writes the clickers value in shaping new behavior or refining details um, or is in shaping new behavior and refining details. Its value is not necessary as in exhibiting behavior. The animal has already learned what about the extinction, uh, then Sarah, uh, Tegan continues, uh, what is the, what about the extinction that may occur in asking for a behavior that's not followed by a reward, and in your research and experience, have you found this concept applies to dogs and not horses? Um, so there's another question here from Tegan, but I'm going to answer this bit first. So, um, Yes, I do remember studying this quite a bit um, when I first started clicker training and also had to take it for my undergraduate psychology course. I had to take learning theory. Um, so the principle that Karen is describing is a um, an intermittent schedule of reinforcement, I believe. I could be mixing up my terms. I don't think I am. Um, but it's kind of like trainers like to use this as sort of... The same way that a slot machine works. So every time you perform the behavior, which would be pulling the lever on a slot machine, um, you have a chance of getting the reinforcer, which would be, you know, the jackpot. Um, And even though you're not getting reinforced every time, you keep pulling the lever because there's a chance that you might get reinforced. So once a behavior is established and solid on cue, you have a couple of options. So let's say I have a horse that knows how to, um, let's see, how to, let's say we're working under saddle and I have a horse that knows how to walk on when I say the verbal cue walk on. Um, And this is a behavior that I've worked on and I've established duration with. My horse is very good at this. She responds every time. I might not have to click that behavior every time. And I can reinforce with a um, a tertiary reinforcer. Uh, I believe cues are tertiary reinforcers. It's been a hot minute since I've studied all the terminology. But um, the point is uh, I could cue her trot. And since uh, trot also has an established high reinforcement value, Um, then there are positive associations with that word because reinforcers are, um, you know, obviously the primary reinforcers elicit regular associations, but the classical conditioning process that happens with um, secondary and tertiary reinforcers is the same that happens with the bridge signal or your clicker and the food. So when you give a horse the food, after clicking, they begin to associate the click with food. The same thing happens with cues. So they know cue, behavior, click, treat. So the cue is a predictor that they're going to get a treat if they perform that behavior. And sometimes that treat, proverbial treat, is a cue to perform another behavior that they really enjoy doing because now that behavior has a, a positive association. It feels good. Um, and Shauna Karish talks a lot about this in her um Clicker Training Horses 101 podcast um, about like ridden behaviors and working on collection and ridden work and things like that. The intrinsic value of having that association developed with, um, with the activity itself. So yes, you can. It takes a long time to get there and dogs are generally a bit quicker at picking this up. They're generally higher energy and um, really, really intelligent. Not to Not to dog on horses, but, um, you know, dogs tend to be a little bit more, what are we doing next? And horses can be like that, but it, it varies horse to horse. So generally, I recommend if you're going to put something on an intermittent reinforcement schedule, you need to be really um, diligent about how you're applying that. So being sure that you're cueing things as reinforcement that the horse knows how to do and then clicking at the end. So that's would be forming a behavior chain. So say I cue my horse to walk, we're walking along, and I say good, which is a keep going signal, okay, and cheer rot, which would be my cue for trot. And then we trot a couple of steps, and maybe do a circle or so, and maybe we canter, maybe we walk, and then I click and treat. Um, that takes a lot of training to get to that point without having to stop and click and treat uh, quite a bit more frequently. But it can be done. Um, Georgia Bruce is a para Olympic dressage rider, I believe. Is she Olympic? I don't know. I'd have to fact check that. But she is a para dressage rider who rides at a pretty high level of dressage, if I'm not mistaken, and um, does this quite well. I mean, she can go through a whole dressage test without needing to click and treat. And um, Shauna Karish is another one that talks a lot about this. So um there, there is a lot to be said for um, like a fixed reinforcement schedule and a intermittent reinforcement schedule. Intermittent schedules have been proven to strengthen behavior because the animal um, doesn't know when the reinforcement is coming. So if you click on every fourth step of walk, you know, the first couple of steps of walk are going to be kind of blah, blah, blah. And then as they get closer and closer to when they would get clicked, it might get a little bit more round over the back, a little bit more energy, a little bit more push from behind, and then you click and treat. So putting it on an intermittent schedule, um, keeps the horse's quality the whole time. So, Um, you know, if the horse gets clicked for one step or for seven steps or for 25 steps or for three steps, um, you know, of course, like I said, this is something that you can only begin to establish after you have got the cue really solid and the horse is responding every time and you work diligently to increase behavior, but then varying that, um, you know, the duration and the amount of steps or whatever, um, then you can get a a better behavior and it's proven to um, really cement the cues and the reinforcement because it varies which seems counterintuitive but um, that is what research shows us so yes you can and it does apply to horses it applies to all beings everyone um, that has has the thinking brain responds to operant conditioning and the laws of it but um, It is something that I would only recommend to pretty experienced clicker trainers, and it might be something that you you would want to try with a dog first so that you get a little bit more experience with it because sometimes horses, I find, well, it varies horse to horse, but some of them, if it's too confusing, they're kind of like, "Mm, I'd rather just chill because most horses tend to be energy conservers since they're prey animals, whereas dogs um, are predators and they're not necessarily energy conservers. They're more expenders. They they like energy and being loud and going and doing and horses are a little bit more peaceful in that way. So Tegan's second question is, if I wanted to replace the clicker with a physical bridge signal um, as example for riding, like touch, what kind of signal would I recommend using? I'm thinking a specific touch to the withers. Um, So... For me, personally, I prefer a verbal bridge signal, so I use a very specific sound that I can make consistently with my mouth. Some people can whistle very consistently, and that's probably the most convenient one to use. My, um, my whistler is a little bit inconsistent. Uh, I have to have a, a moist mouth, and I live in Arkansas, and it gets very hot here, and I don't always have a water bottle on hand, so sometimes I can't whistle. So I choose not to use that one. I make a sk- sound. The only issue I've run into that is in loud environments. It's kind of hard to hear a lot of clicker trainers use a or a, like a sound. So either one of those that, uh, you know, you can make, that's what I would really recommend doing something that's loud and clear. Um, or you could say yes, but you have to make sure that whatever you choose, especially if it's a word you say it the exact same way, the exact same volume and the exact same tone every single time. You can't say yes, yes, yep, you got it, like, it has to be, yes, 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 every single time, you have to say it the same exact way, um, so if you wanted to do a touch, um, you can, I know my buddy Kane Meyer from, uh, California that I had on this podcast for a series over positive reinforcement riding, they used, um, touch with a deaf Mustang, but, um, I, it's not something that I would personally choose to use, simply for the reason that sometimes I might put my hand down. Um, you know, I might set my hand on their wither, and I don't want it to be confusing. Um, so that's generally why I would go for a vocal cue. Um, and you know, you can you—they make clickers, like clicker rings that you could um, slip over your finger. I use one from um, oh god, I forgot what it's called. It's linked on my website under the positive reinforcement equipment tab. Um, but they make this little, uh, thing that can slip over your finger. It's quite big, but they make smaller rings that you can put over, like, your ring finger or on your thumb, and you could actually click that while you're riding, because um, the way you hold your reins with your, like, you're holding ice cream cones, if you had it on your pointer finger, your thumb could easily click it. Again, the only issue with that is you might accidentally click it sometimes, so, Depends on personal preference, and it might be trial and error, but um, it's it's all up to you and what works best for you. If you think, you know, you can avoid keeping it from being confusing uh, with a physical touch, like a double tap or something with two fingers, um, I don't know. To me, that's like the horse is not a MacBook, and they might not register that the same or that that's different from any other touch, um, and you might have to really work on making sure that they understand the difference between regular touch and the bridge, but... That's that's what I'll say on that one. So the final question for this episode comes from patron Charlotte. Um, Charlotte writes, hi, Jill, thanks for the a- uh, answer to my question before about Max, uh, my four-year-old off-the-track thoroughbred gelding. Um, and they say that they've treated him for ulcers and at the point where they can groom his whole body now, he eats low NSC grain, everything is great, wonderful, fantastic, but the problem is the farrier. So I'll summarize this. Um, this message because it's quite long and I I read it earlier, but um, essentially they had worked a really long time getting this horse to be good with the farrier and he was picking his feet up. He was great. And then he had an accident where he had to be on stall rest and have a lot of, you know, mandatory vet care and farrier work that um, resulted in some not so fantastic experiences. And now he's got a pain and fear association back with his feet. So um now, um, Charlotte writes, um, he is currently sound and happy as a clam, but I sprained my hand and fractured my thumb. So training options are a bit limited. I know we have ferry appointment looming in a couple weeks and I'm dreading it. My current ideas are to make that area a really good place, but just being committed to a week or two of feeding him his grain there. I've just been hanging out feeding alfalfa, um, and working easy targeting, but it hasn't made him want to be there anymore. So I'm hoping grain, which is a higher value could help. Um, so first thoughts there yes, higher value reinforcers can definitely make a difference. I would recommend that if you're gonna work in an area where he's not super comfortable with is um, develop cues and behaviors that you would want in that area outside of it and then gradually work closer and closer and closer to that area on all those same behaviors that he knows. and um, if you notice his stress levels go up at all, go back a step, and um if it's even if it's literally a step go back decrease his anxiety get him really solid then take another step then get really solid there and keep working and keep him under threshold so he's never getting worried throughout the whole process um and then um you can get there so using a higher value reinforcer will definitely help that but um, be careful when using grain that you're not going to accidentally be feeding too much so you know maybe if you use grain if your barn maybe makes up the grain uh, you know pre-makes it you can actually take it out of that grain um, so that you're keeping the portions the same uh, and not supplying too many things um You could also, you know, just try different treats and see what he likes. Um, I, for Zoe, her high value reinforcer is carrots. So I will often feed her those for behaviors that she's a little bit more iffy about. But you have to be careful with that um, because we do want to keep low sugar, low starch um, diets going because any sugar and starch is going to have an effect on the feet and it's not going to be a good one. Um, some other things to consider would be if you haven't already listened to the Feed Room Chemist podcast episodes over hoof care and some episodes on the um humble hoof over nutrition and diet, um, so that you're ensuring that your horse is getting the proper vitamin and nutrient materials. Um, we have a lot of horses out here that we switch to barefoot and after switching and getting them on an appropriate diet, um, they really don't need their feet done too often. Um you know, because we, I mean, we have a lot of broodmares and stuff that, um, it's just, it's really difficult for us to get the farrier out and our main farrier just left. Um, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, he's supposed to be gone for the summer, but hopefully he'll come back soon and, cause our other farrier is, um, not a super nice one and he's not touching my horse. <laughs> um, so I'm in a bit of a predicament myself with the farrier situation, but, um, Like I was saying, a lot of our horses that have switched to um, more nutritionally appropriate diets have not really needed to have their feet done. Um, And we've put out um, some different types of rocks uh, around their water trough so that they break them off naturally themselves. Obviously, this has to be done with care. And if their feet are already sore and sensitive or if they don't have tough soles, that could be Um, you know, asking for a stone bruise or an abscess. So um, obviously take that with a grain of salt to make sure that your nutritional program is solid and your horse's feet are on the right track before doing that to anybody listening. But to Charlotte, I would say, um, yes, work towards making the area better. Um, But Charlotte also goes on to say that she's been trying to get other people to help her handle them. Um, but it's just been challenging and there aren't many people I believe in to not get angry if he makes a mistake would love any tips or advice you have on farrier work with positive reinforcement especially when the farrier does not appreciate you giving snacks I will definitely update on my current plans if I actually motivate myself to do them before you can answer (laughs) so um yeah uh this is what I'll say and I know that this is oh my god my cat is Twitching on my microphone and I need you to stop. Bubby, you're making sounds. He's a bunny pets right this instant. And only on my neck, nowhere else. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the thing that I have to say that nobody likes to hear. But at the end of the day, you employ your farrier. And I think it goes a long way to be very clear in communication. And instead of just like, oh, I kind of want to feed my horse. Is that okay? Um, what I would do is, you know, shoot him a text or call him or whatever and ask if you can have a second to chat about something and that you have an idea. Um, and then I would hop on the phone and just pitch the idea. You know, um, for me, that might go something like, hi, uh, Mr. Farrier man, <laughs> I Have As you know, we've been having a lot of issues with my horse. I've been doing a lot of research and a lot of work with him with positive reinforcement um, to help create a better association and help increase his clarity and understanding of what we want and what we're asking for because my goal is to keep you safe, to keep me safe, and keep my horse safe. Um, you know, I I want him to be the perfect angel child and stand for you and not irritate you and not get you hurt. That is my primary goal. Um, and I would really really love it if I could pay you to come out and just work with me. You don't have to trim his feet or anything, but if you'll come out and handle him with me, I will pay you the same that I pay for the footwork. Um, but I just I need him to associate it with you. I've got it really good with me. He'll let me pick up his feet and hold them for however long and I can mess with him. But I don't have anybody that's willing to work with me. So I can't generalize this behavior that he's now learned to other people. So he's still a little bit distrusting. But I really think that if you would be willing to work with me on this and give it a shot, that um, we could get to a place where he would feel comfortable and be willing to, you know, stand and not be wiggly or making you upset or upsetting me or making me nervous because now I'm like, I'm that jerk that's got this wiggly horse that's gonna hurt my farrier because I really don't want that to happen. And if you'll just give us a chance, I will pay you for your time. I would really appreciate the opportunity to work with you on this. Um, Is that something that you would be open to trying? I know it sounds a little bit woo-woo and weird, but um, I have done a lot of research into it and looking into the science, and I really think that this would be an effective way for us to solve the issues we've been having, but I, I need your help. And concluding my phone call there, um, that's not easy to do. I will be the first to say it. I have such an issue with uh, prof- or typically traditional professionals because it can be really hard to pitch an idea like that but just be like this is not something that I'm trying to teach you how to do I literally just need your body so that he can associate this with you. Um so maybe that's something that you would be willing to give a try. I know it can be scary but it can't hurt to ask. The worst he can do is say no and then you can say all right well I'll do my best to work with other people uh when I can but um you know I'm doing my best. Um and like I said in the answer to the first question the alternative is um, to sedate which sucks but we have had to do it with several of ours that um you know just didn't have their feet done for a while and just to get them through the or new horses particularly too were difficult but now we've gotten everybody to a point where they are like oh my feet feel amazing after this (laughs) this is great so um but yeah I would just I would do go through with that and just really outline that you're trying to Uh, Make your best efforts to help keep everyone safe and make it as seamless as a, you know, as possible. And you don't want it to be a waste of his time, but that you just, you know, you want to help your horse get better at this and you need, you need help. Um, So make it a collaborative process, see if you can get it done. And um, if not, then maybe just ask if you can sedate him for it so that he'll be more still and nobody will get hurt Um, Like I said in the first question, it is not my first choice of solution to problems. Um, But sometimes it just has to be done in order to maintain the welfare of the horse. Um, So that's kind of where we're at. I think that's all I have to say. I hope it goes well for you guys. And I hope that you guys listening learned something and that you weren't totally bored with me just breaking down everything but um, I feel like it's important for me to update everyone so that we're all on the same page and we can move forward so hopefully I will see you uh, guys next week and have an episode ready for you like I said I've got a couple interviews that I want to get recorded but it really all depends on scheduling because typically people want to record during business hours but during business hours I'm kind of like on call so to speak and I just I never know if I'm gonna have enough time uh during the daytime to host an interview. So um I'm going to do my best. I really appreciate you guys listening and hanging in there with me. Uh if you're still listening, thank you. Um if you don't mind, subscribe to the the YouTube channel, leave a review for the podcast. It helps boost it in the algorithm. Um and check out my website. We got a lot of new exciting things coming. All the resources are there. Um, And I am just ready to get into a routine and start actually working with the freaking horses again so that I have some things to talk about because it's, it's like the past couple of weeks, I just have not had anything to talk about because I haven't been working with the horses. So I'm not inspired. Um, I haven't had to research or dive into anything. Um, so outside of saddle fit and it's a, it's a private course. So I have to be have to be um, double-checking what I say about it so that it doesn't, um, you know, I'm not giving away industry secrets (laughs) because it is a a paid course, so, but, uh, you know, there will be more on that later, but... Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at EquiTheory and Jet JetEquiTheory. If you have any questions about Patreon or um, would like to inquire about any ponies or anything like that, feel free to shoot me an email at equiTheory at gmail.com. Um, the ponies, I mean, for horse sales. I don't know if I talked about that earlier in this episode. I emailed somebody about a horse in the middle of it, so... Um, We do have horses available for sale. They're up on my website under sales. So check that out. I'm going to stop talking now. Thank you guys endlessly for listening and hanging in there with me with my inconsistency. I apologize again and uh, I'm ready to get back to normal. So I will catch you guys next week and stay safe out there. Be kind to your ponies and live your life. I'm going to go. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you next week.